BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Uh, Jess, I'm doing so good. So excited to talk these last episodes. Well, we're, we got like two more until the last episode i don't know the penultimate <laughs> this is the anti-penultimate and the penultimate anti-penultimate to the penultimate i just learned the word penultimate like five years ago and it was gucci when was i did revelation for you <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it was yeah truly mm-hmm. uh i am like really excited to talk about these episodes with you it's been a couple of weeks since you and i have podcasted freaks and geeks um you went on a gorgeous mediterranean vacation and mm-hmm. i watched all 17 episodes of undeclared so both of us uh living uh, our best lives <laughs> both of us really have been living the dream the last two weeks mm-hmm. yeah if i have any tips to give anybody when they travel specifically overseas i would say it's like expect the worst when it comes to jet lag and maybe bring some saltines with you because I didn't and they don't – saltines aren't as common in Europe. 
Um, so just like prepare for the worst and hope for the best and hopefully you won't be disappointed. I don't understand um, the correlation between uh, stomach sickness and jet lag, but pop, I pop, didn't clean. either, Sarah. Seriously, this is the thing. I didn't realize that when I was having those issues that it was jet lag. But when I did some light Googling, apparently mm. it's a thing. And I swear to you, to anybody out there who's still in their 20s, first of all, congratulations. Good for you. Second of all, I swear the minute I turned 30, I I used to say like, okay, if we're putting it in D&D terms, like my constitution was fairly high. My stomach cannot handle as much as it used to. Like, you know me. I get, like, heartburn all the time Yeah, now. you're a wuss, but I don't have the, the those issues. And well, I'm then hopefully if you go to Europe, old... you don't – you won't have the problems that I had. But I also have a stomach of steel. That's in- – I'm so happy for you. I really yeah. am. Because yeah. Because I was really upset to miss out on – I could have eaten so much more pasta. You know? My uh, partners always have the weakest stomachs in comparison to me. Like we can eat the same thing and they would get um, food poisoning and I don't. Well, And you can stomach. I, you know what it is? Spicy food. You've conditioned your stomach with the amount of tomatoes that you've eaten. In your oh, lifetime. I do have an, uh, a high acidity level. And also it's the tomatoes. And now that it's winter – Oh, clementines. clementines yeah yeah you, you i pretty much you only eat acid and therefore yeah. your stomach is just used to everything at this point yeah that's um probably you true. would you would also love uh roman uh well italy and greece because their tomatoes are just absolutely divine over there they're really really good um uh, that's beautiful but i think well, you would enjoy it yeah so while you're doing that living your best life i did mm-hmm. watch uh, Judd Apatow's second canceled show after a season, yeah. Undeclared, which a lot of people have mentioned to us. And this is, it has a lot of the same people. It's not necessarily a spinoff, but yeah. Um, Jason Siegel's in it, Seth Rogen's in it. We get a Busy Phillips cameo. We have um, some of the guest stars that were from freaks and geeks in it so it was definitely similar and i really enjoyed it yeah it's on my list of of things to watch i know you recommended it to me so definitely gonna get on that soon because i'm like almost done with below deck the original Mm. i still have like four spinoffs to get to but (laughs) the og i'm almost (laughs) very very excited for you (laughs) yeah um i really i really liked it and um I mean, like, I do think that Freaks and Geeks is a better show. Like, I think I'm very confident in saying that. However, it was definitely a fun ride and the those episodes are only 22 minutes so you can really like zip through them oh I, I, there is something so satisfying about a 20 something minute like sitcom yeah. that used to air on uh network television yeah and on top of that the episodes are um on youtube so love it you can just kind of there, somebody put it on a playlist and you can just keep on watching Zip right through them yeah yep. also can, before we dive into these two episodes which we're going to get to in a minute can i just throw a little teaser out there for something i'm considering doing that i want to tease right now so if i actually end up doing it i could say i said it here a long time ago. <laughs> yeah sure so just 
it's a it's an audio medium so no one knows although you probably could tell by the tone of her voice sarah just rolled her eyes maybe the hardest i've ever seen such a bitch i'm sorry (laughs) um so i'm considering i have an idea for a tattoo that i might get oh and i will say it is 90s related so I'm going to throw that out there. I won't say what it is because I'm like not cer- I'm not certain on exactly what I want yet. Yeah. But it is 90s related. So okay. stay tuned. I might eventually come back with a tattoo. That's 90s you know, related. I mean, that's an interesting thing. Like a lot of people might not realize this, but Jessica Sterling has a lot of tattoos. I have five. That's a lot. Sure. I got my first tattoo, my only tattoo on my 18th birthday and I think it's a rarity for people to be a one tattooer. Most people get the butt, get the bug, and they want yes. more. They get the itch. I was a one and done. Um, it's like pretty large and a pretty obnoxious, but um, it's okay. It's fine. Would I if I could do it again? I would not do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because like you know, you're a different person in your 30s than you are when you're sure. 18. Uh, especially me like when I was 18 I was definitely more on like the freak side I guess you would say I like well I was like living my uh, emo girl life you know Mm -hmm. you were in your feels big time yeah I was in my feels I was like very into getting piercings and I went through a piercing phase as well I had my bangs covering my eyes and I could not see I listened to um, the band Him, H-I-M. Yep. You know that band? I do. I didn't listen to them, but really? I know I know the name. Yeah. So I was definitely more of like a little a, a baby scene kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. All your photos online were in black and white, except yeah. for like you would like do one one part of you in color. Probably your blue eyes is most yep. likely my guess. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So um, – yeah, but I only had like I only got one tattoo. Mm-hmm. I I haven't. Stopped. To be fair, I have not gotten a tattoo. So I am now thirty two years old, mm-hmm. and I have not gotten a tattoo since I was I want to say like twenty five. Like it's been a long time since What's, I've gotten what one. What stopped you? Um, nothing in particular. It's more of I haven't had like the itch. I haven't had the like. I really want a tattoo of X, Y, or Z. And also, like, then COVID happened. You know what I mean? Like, there was just a lot of things where I was like, eh, doesn't really seem like I need to be making this a priority. Tattoos are kind of expensive as, as well. And when you have, like, other priorities you're trying to put your money towards, it doesn't really seem like a something, like, for me yeah. at least, that I was, like, you know, wanting to spend money on. But yeah. now I have an idea and I'm, like, thinking of trying to poke around and see if the person I – I think the person I went to last – the thing is all the tattoo artists I've ever gone to always end up, like, moving. And so, yeah, I don't know if I the one I went to last is still around. If she is, I'd like to go to her again. First of all, because she's a female tattoo artist, and I love supporting women in business. Second of all, her name was Jessica, and third of all, she did my a really good job on my last tattoo. So, my tattoo artist was a woman as well. Yeah, it's just it's great, right? We love supporting women in business. So, 
Uh, we'll see. I'm putting it out there right now that I'm thinking about doing it. I'm thinking about something in particular, and it is 90s related. Are you going to tell me? Or are you just? I will tell you. Secret? I just don't want to put it on the podcast until like I'm more certain yeah. about. You don't want it. like 30 listeners to get the same tattoo as you, right? This yeah, well, is, that like, and I don't need people thing. weighing in on stuff. This either, is like you know? when you choose a baby name, like oh Naomi, and then you tell all your friends that you want to name your kid Naomi, and then everybody names their kid Naomi. It's the same exact thing. Also, or or it's the opposite, and people are like, "Oh, that name," and it's that like, name. "Well, I know, yeah, I don't need to hear that." You know, if I like it, that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Like so. Naomi is a good name. If you don't like it, then you don't have to use it. But I could use it. Sure, you can name your baby Naomi. Naomi, Naomi. Oh, see, I don't know. Either. I don't know either. either. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, do you want to talk about smooching and mooching? Now, we probably should. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you're not a big smoocher. And you're um, not a moocher. I'm a moocher. <laughs> I'm definitely. And you're a smoocher. I'm a smoocher. Um, uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not a big. I don't know. I, I kiss. Do you but... ask anybody for anything ever? Sure. I just called my dad today with, for help. What would you ask your dad? My lawnmower. I, can, I don't want to talk about it. I have such lawnmower Are you issues. Fucking literally kidding me? No, I'm not. This is the story of my goddamn okay. life. This is what you get for trying to save the environment. If you just got a a fucking lawnmower, no, that no, used gas and like made emissions off into the real world. The pro- I then would have your lawnmower issues. would be working. No, it would be working. My you last lawnmower to- that were- ruined the world didn't work either. This is what happens when you try. Like this is it, the the expression like no good deed goes unpunished is so true. It's mm-hmm. so true. You can't save the world by getting an electric lawnmower because it's not going to work. You know what's made me feel better about the entire situation? What? Hearing you rant to me about how I shouldn't have gotten my lawnmower. I mean, I saw that thing delivered and number one, the guy was very good looking. He was hot. Actually, <laughs> actually never mind. One. I'm really glad that you got it delivered and I'm glad that I was there. You and were. I'm really glad that I watched the entire thing. Like, um, I was, like, in the window watching. You were, like, an elderly woman watching the town gossip happen. And the funny thing was, this was before Adam and I started, like, being together. I was texting Adam nonstop being, like, you have no idea what's going on right now with the lawnmower. Look at how hot this guy is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway. Anyway. So. Episode 16, smooching and mooching. I, I mean. I liked this episode. I mean, I like this episode. I think it's interesting. I like that we're getting a deeper dive into the side character of Nick again. Um, Do you want to talk about the freaks first or the geeks first? Um, Freaks. Okay, let's start with the freaks. Um, Nick is having some strife with his dad because his dad up and sells his like 30 piece uh, drum kit because he's been not doing well in school and nick is like so upset that he basically runs away um but he doesn't really have anywhere to go and so i guess he like spends a night with daniel but then he gets kicked out of daniel's house for not flushing the toilet which is honestly disgusting (laughs) sometimes you just forget okay the thing is is that what do you mean you forget okay isn't it muscle memory no this is the thing because you know how they're like oh if you take a shower 
you can't flush the toilet because the water is going to get. I feel like that's a myth nowadays. If you don't, if you live somewhere modern, it's well, I mean, the place that I live in currently, it's it actually is like you flush the toilet and then it's like scalding hot or very cold. And then sometimes you take your like half an hour long shower where you're singing on the top of your lungs Mm -hmm. and having a grand old time and having to do your like 20 step routine. And then sometimes, and then you have to do your after shower routine, which is like brushing your teeth and washing your face and all this stuff. And sometimes it just slips your mind. It's an accident. Never slips my mind. Um, but wow, it, it, okay. slips, it slips Nick's mind to flush the toilet. Um, did you ever do this? Did you ever like leave home and stay with a friend for like a couple of days if you were like having a bad home experience or something? No, but I should have. <laughs> I just don't think this I would have I don't think this would have been like allowed. Like, first of all, it never happened to me anyway, but like I just feel like there's no way that like my parent or my friend's parent would be like comfortable with this because I find it wild that like eventually Nick crashes at the Weir's house first of all like Lindsay is very much not inviting him in and his Mm -hmm. her parents are like okay and he he is as Nick tends to be like very very enthusiastic and appreciative and like vocal about oh my god Mrs. Weir this food is incredible like it's so good and he goes on and on and on and he really like endears himself to the Weir family and I kind of get this they already liked him as well they did because he was dating Lindsay and like I remember like Mrs. Weir felt really bad when she was the one to reveal that Lindsay was going to break up with him but I I really liked this because I feel like it's really interesting when you have Mr. and Mrs. Weir and they have you have their two kids who never really say like oh my gosh mom your food is so good or oh thank you for everything you do for me you know what I mean they're probably not saying that regularly and then you have someone like Nick who comes in and is like it's night and day with what his he puts up with with his dad, you know? So he's very, yeah. very appreciative, very vocal about it. And what did you make of Nick and Mr. Weir's relationship this episode? I actually, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like, he takes a special interest in Nick because he sees Nick have some potential. But also, he knows that Nick's has a hard time with his dad because his dad is a hard ass and Mr. Weir's dad was a hard ass. So he really likes, I guess, sees himself in the kid. And also he wants him to succeed. He wants him to do his homework and he recognizes that he has potential with the drums and encourages him to take lessons and shows him a different style of drumming. That's more advanced. And I thought that it was like, really nice for Nick to experience a father-son relationship that was encouraging his um, hobbies and talents. And I think it's definitely something that Nick needed. And I think in a way it's something that Mr. Weir needed because that is what we call healing your inner child. Yeah. I really loved this, right? Like I love that Mr. Weir, takes an interest in Nick and tries to say like if you want to be a drummer then like then practice that like get sticks drum on rocks drum on barrels you know and I love him introducing Nick to jazz and like whatever the hell music they were listening to I thought it was really sweet and I also kind of really enjoy that Lindsay gets jealous about it 
because it's it's a little bit like it kind of shows her to appreciate the family she does have, right? And I love her saying like Mr. Weir like or, or saying to her dad like why don't you take as much interest in me and and her dad is like Nick needs this help. Like you he doesn't have what you have. Like he he needs this, you know, needs me in this moment. What I thought was interesting is obviously this is 1980. But that, the fact that the Weirs don't even talk to Nick's dad until he comes over to their house baffles my mind. Because if you have to imagine the Weirs would be devastated if their kid was staying at someone else's house and that parent didn't call them, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, is Nick not 18 yet? I mean, I don't think i mean i guess he's a senior right but like i don't think he's 18 and maybe he is i don't know i don't know like i think that i i, I think that they took a took a special interest in him because they understood like the the issues like i like obviously nick wasn't like dead in the ditch um he was still going yeah. to school i i think that um I don't know. Like in in terms of like Lindsay's jealousy, I do think it's interesting. Like I think it's like twofold. Like I kind of hate the idea of just because somebody seems self-reliant and can't like independent and doesn't need help or special attention than a parent or a a, a teacher or a, like an adult doesn't give that kid the attention that somebody else who is perceived to be in need more attention like I have like a big issue with that because I think that everybody deserves like a special amount of the same amount of attention mm-hmm. and I don't like like oh like you were so independent like or like you were so smart you didn't need the extra help like you know like I always think about the times where um like my my sister got a lot more like a uh, special attention in terms of like schoolwork and help and all mm-hmm. that stuff and because i seemed a lot more independent like i wasn't given the same sort of support and like i i think that like and uh i i think that lindsay like needed it and i think that like maybe she's feeling like a little neglected obviously we know that she lost her grandmother in the last year you know she needs the extra support and i don't know mm-hmm. she's been i mean i don't know if she'll accept it even if they try to give it to her but still and then also like i don't know like have you ever experienced the phenomenon of like your parent um like praising a friend of yours and you probably not because you seem to have a healthy relationship with your parents but like the jealousy that you get from like your parent calling somebody like pretty or like playing with them in like a certain way like i remember at one of my birthday parties like my dad like put like whipped cream on one of my friends noses and i remember being like insanely jealous mm. because i was just like like why do you get my dad like a piece yeah. of my dad in terms of that like why do you get to have like that special funny moment with him that's interesting like i i bet there were moments like that knowing how i was as a kid <laughs> like i'm sure there were those moments that i just don't i don't have any that come to my mind currently 
But yeah, I just, I really liked what they played with here in that episode, how they played with the relationships between the different types of families that someone could have and how Mr. Weir, who up until this point has been pretty like, you know, he's very seen as very much like straight laced, like very much like a removed, like, oh, he goes to work, he comes home, he eats his dinner. He doesn't have these like very um, mushy conversations with his kids. And I loved how he was like, Nick, like you can have a part-time job at my store. Like, just make sure you're keeping up with your schoolwork as well, you know? Right. So I that Mr. Weir that. could pay for his drum lessons, which is Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I just, I like that Mr. Weir took a special interest in Nick because he could sense that like Nick's relationship with his own dad wasn't great. Um, and I like that it, it, Lindsay kind of was bothered by it for a minute because it does prove that she's like, oh, I think it just shows that, like, she recognizes that she does have really great parents, you know? And you're right. Like, just because someone doesn't necessarily always scream and shout or get into trouble doesn't mean they don't also deserve attention. Um, but it's it's really interesting. Like, you know, Nick is and, – and Lindsay seems to get kind of annoyed at Nick's presence in their house in general, right? Like, he's always around. He's, like – sleeping in his underwear on the couch and i'm like nick this is a terrible idea like just wear pajama bottoms you know like this is terrible um but yeah eventually uh his dad comes to pick him up and him and mr weir have a little bit of a like i don't know a little bit of a back and forth about nick and who do you think was more in the wrong here because i feel like mr weir is a little bit like not like kind of pushing his boundaries a bit i would say yeah i mean i think it's 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 really no parent wants to be corrected on their parenting from another parent especially mm -hmm. somebody that you know that you're not like close to so however i think that once again like i really do think that in a way, Mr. Weir was doing it to satisfy his own feelings about his own childhood. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if somebody, when you were a kid and you were living in uh, something that was not just or fair, somebody to stand up to you for you, like a mm -hmm. um, like an adult who can see something and be like, "That's not right." Like, if I experienced that with some things, like just. It's really just the affirmation and the the acknowledgement that, like, we're all looking for. So, like, I do think that, like, Mr. Weir was like, I want to stand up to this because I experienced my own, um, my own issues when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, there was no way that Nick's dad was going to receive this information and be agreeable yeah. to it because i mean he's a hard ass himself and especially people from that generation like yeah i mean like they're not going to take parenting advice from another parent like they're not going to be like told to go quote unquote soft on their son like yeah he's this military man his other sons are in the military he in his perspective has a, a rotten apple of a child yeah yeah it was really gosh it was so interesting to see a scene of mr weir having a conversation with another adult that like wasn't mm -hmm. his wife 
because I feel like we learned a lot about him, which I really wasn't expecting in this show to do, you know, where he says like, oh, when I was his age, I used to bring home dogs all the time. Uh, he's a dog and, lover. And I Exactly. Like, okay, there is nothing that can endear me more to a character than like if they love animals in general, honestly, but like dogs, of course, especially. And to hear that from him, it's like, oh my gosh, wow. You don't think of the character of Mr. Weir as a kid. To, to me, he's just, he's always an adult. You know what I mean? That's just like who he is. And so to hear that, I was, I really loved it. And he, it's, he really kind of treads lightly and saying like, oh, kids just are going to be kids sometimes, you know, sometimes you just got to let them be. And of course the, you know, he snarks back, like you call me when your son turns 16, you know, like he's not, mm. he's really not receptive to this, but I just, I really liked the moment that he does have with Lindsay at the end of the episode where they kind of, you know, they have a hug and he says, you know, like there is a difference between you and Nick, like you're my daughter, you know, like he says, every time you're out of this house, like I worry about you. And I think the thing is maybe people can feel that sometimes, but especially dads of this era, that's not something they're like vocalizing. Right. That wasn't something that was ever acceptable in society. Yeah. Like men can't be soft. Men can't express emotion. And I really love that he kind of takes a moment to be like, no, I, I love you and I worry about you. It was yeah. such a special moment. And I really loved that we got to see it because they didn't have to give us that. Like, Mr. Weir isn't a main, main character, you know? And I just really love that we did get to see that moment. Yeah, I I thought it was really nice as well. Like, I mean, obviously, anytime there's like a mother, or, excuse me, a father-daughter storyline, like it's going to be heartwarming um for especially for me so yeah i thought that i really liked it i thought that it was i mean the more and more we watch these episodes the more and more i like uh Lindsay and sam's parents um mm -hmm. except for like one little uh, thing in the next episode but besides that yeah. i i really like um their her parent their parents and i I like them more and more and I think that they're like really really good people yeah yeah um all right let's shift over to the geeks because Sam is in luck Cindy and wow. Todd have broken up wow and she is what like a... so quick to move on <laughs> like... okay I mean like but then again like this is kind of how it was when you were this young like you're just hopping from relationship to relationship. Especially because most relationships didn't last very long. No, so it's th like, like you two know. weeks was like five years in high school years. Yeah. So yeah, Todd's on the outs. He was, what'd she say? Like he just, he wanted to move. He was only interested in one thing, which is ironic, especially because like, you know, what she winds up being interested in, like she's really interested in one yes. thing as well. But Nonetheless, she she tells Bill because they're lab partners, so they can he can be trusted. Yes, which I thought was so funny um, that she has a crush or feelings for Sam, and then she's like, "Do you think that Sam likes me?" And Bill's like, "I don't know." It's like Bill is the worst one to be involved in this situation because he just is like doesn't know what to do and he's like oh it's hard to tell and it's so hard to like, tell yeah he doesn't shut up about you yeah seriously and and i love okay so cindy i'm gonna have problems with cindy next episode very obviously but i will say 
I like that Cindy is a woman who knows what she wants. You know what I mean? She's like, sure. tell Sam to invite me to Mona's party. <laughs> And I love how Sam's like, I don't even know who Mona is. Like, how, like, whose party is this? Like, where am I going? Um, yeah. But yeah, and she tells her. And then I, I also enjoy how Sam was like, if you are fucking with me, I will kill you. But I mean, yes. he's not. Bill's not. He, she go, he goes right to Cindy and is like, can I invite you to Mona's party? And Cindy's like, yes, of course. And now they're going to Mona's party together, which just so happens to be a makeout party. Because what is a 90s slash early 2000s show without there being a makeout party? Uh, we talked about makeout parties in uh, Boy Meets World a lot. They had makeout parties. I, I think that they had at least one makeout party in Dawson's Creek. Like, it's just the thing to do. It was a thing that, I, listen, I never attended a makeout party. This shouldn't be surprising to literally anyone. So I don't know if they're actually a thing or if they're just like myth. Mm -hmm. But this is so common in television, especially the, again, like, you can't, uh, I love the like, Okay, I like Sam. I'm not going to talk to Sam. I'm going to talk to Sam's friend. But more yeah. often it was Cindy would ask her friend to talk to Bill, who's then going to talk to Sam. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was always the way it worked. But I I love this. And I, like, so he's like, okay. And, of course, Neil wants an invite. Bill really isn't interested in going to, like, a makeout no, he, party. He says that making out's gross because there's germs and cooties and, I don't know, halitosis and all sorts of stuff. I mean, very fair. He's uh, afraid of throwing up in the girl's mouth. Ew. Thank so gosh gross. that's never happened to me. It's so gross. Um, but I I love when Neil is like, I have a plan. I have a plan for this bottle. Yes. <laughs> so he he uses um inertia or I don't know, physics. He just has like a method, I guess. Yeah. Like, I think that he, there was like some physics element of it, of like a formula of like how to turn the bottle to right. scientifically land on who he wants it to land on, which is Vicky. Like, Vicky played by, uh, I think her name is Joanna Garcia. We see her a lot, right? Yeah. Um, and, so he has this big plan. He like spins it and it goes right to Bill. He's like, it works. This is guaranteed. We see people practice making out. He makes out with the puppets. Okay. Yes. We need to back up though, because we're going to talk about that, but I have a question because I, here's where I feel, think Neil went wrong. Number one, mm -hmm. unless you are providing the bottle, the weights can vary. Number two, if the bottle is full or empty, is also going to, like, change things. No, the bottle for spin the bottle is always empty, ma'am. Okay, well, I don't – I never played spin the bottle. I don't know what to tell you. Um, But, yeah, so he, he has, like, this plan. And then, yeah, he decides he's going to practice on, like, his puppet, which I was so disturbed by. <laughs> No, that is a big red X for me. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely make horrific. Make out with the back of your hand like the best of us, bitch. Seriously, all of us made out with our arm. Like, I think I try I practice on like my forearm. Um, interesting. 
you didn't practice. I was just the back of the hand girl. Yeah. I think that's probably most common. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah. So like everyone's trying to pick out like what to wear again, while Neil is practicing this, he's wearing, like, I think he's trying to be like Hugh Hefner. Cause he's wearing like a bathrobe and everything as well. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, Neil, stop. Please Just stop. Calm down. Calm down. Um, but when they get to this party, I love that the like <laughs> Sam's like, don't embarrass me. Basically. I mean, for goodness sake. But also, I think it's so funny that like Bill and Sam both are like wearing turtlenecks, and Sam is like, no, not Sam. Excuse Na- me. Neil, Neil. Yeah. Neil. Yeah. Bill and Neil are both wearing turtlenecks, and Neil's like, You copied my style. You can't be wearing this. And uh, he, he winds up like taking off his turtleneck, which is just like I don't know. It's like just, a dicky. It's just like the top part of like the actual part that goes around your neck. It was really funny. Like these these scenes are really really funny. And of course, I mean we we get a lot of like grouping off, and eventually we get to the spin the bottle slash. I like these rules. So it's that's what I was gonna say. This is different than how I've always I thought it was always like, okay, either they're spin the bottle or they're seven minutes in heaven. I didn't realize combined. it could escalate. Now yeah. I like this. This is the yeah. best of both worlds. So the rules are you spin the bottle. If it lands on the same person or like the same combination of people three times, then you have to go to seven minutes in heaven. Yeah. Was it? Okay. So is the first one like a peck? Second is make out. Third is seven minutes in heaven. Uh, I didn't realize that that's how it escalated as I, well. Maybe. I thought that's what it was. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. But I feel like yeah. that makes sense though. Sure. So they're all spinning the bottle um sam's not getting anything like cindy is kissing all the hoes yeah cindy is like getting a lot like a lot of people uh neil keeps landing on bill, on bill. and is getting this so upset the funniest bit it was so funny mm-hmm. because it was so funny because it kept happening and then when you thought it was done it just happened again i i really liked this bit it really was cracking me up um, yeah and there was this one guy who was definitely in boy meets world like i don't remember remember, and he was so annoying i remember and he's just as annoying in this show where he's like i don't know how he got an invite to be honest i'm like who brought this guy because i feel like he's very geeky and i don't know how he got an invite i kind of feel like he's a football player but like one of those football players are like the like big seventh string well no he's like the defense (laughs) so like because he's like a big guy that's like almost athletic and he's on the football team he gets invited to the parties you know can i tell you what grossed me out most about him what when he gets a kiss with cindy and spin the bottle after she kisses him so after she has already pulled away he does his mouth is open and his tongue shoots out of his mouth like a lizard and i was like sir why Mm, that's not that's not it that is that's very suspicious so um yeah so i think they wind up going do does he and cindy go into the closet i don't know people are going no i don't think so like so yeah so we get like bill lands on vicky who is the one neil wants she's like the head cheerleader right yeah um and his first kiss with her is just like a kiss on you know like a french like kiss on the on the hand type of like yes very gentlemanly 
Mm-hmm. That's what she gives him. She's like, no. And then the second time, I don't even know if she if she gets a peck on the cheek. But he, yeah, he gives her just like a peck on the cheek. Like he's not really into it. But of course, they get a third land mm-hmm. and they get forced to go into the closet for seven yes. minutes in heaven. Yes. Which I really loved these scenes. I like with these two together. I thought that it was a really interesting combination of people because like at first she's like very disgusted and he's just like, I don't want to be in here with you anyway. Like, I don't want to be here. Like I like, it's the last thing I want. And like, she winds up softening up a little bit and he's like, you know, he asks her like about pretty privilege, uh, pretty much. And, then they start connecting and talking and he makes her laugh and yeah he's telling her like the plot of a movie and i really like that he tells her she's like i don't want to be in here with you and he's like it's not like i want to be in here with you either like which i really like because it really does kind of check her a little bit of like just because you're pretty doesn't mean i want to kiss you either but i really love that they have this like connection over movies and she's like, okay, we're just going to try something. And she kisses him. And I was like, oh my God, this is a huge moment mm-hmm. for Bill. And I love that it was Bill and not Neil because yeah. Bill's not even looking for this, you know, Mm-mm. like this isn't something he ever wanted. And I just, I really appreciate that Vicky points out because again, it would be so easy for Vicky to not say anything to like be really rude to him the entire time. But she does say like, Anytime I look at you in school, you always see like you're having seem like you're having like a really great time. Yeah. And to me, that means it's such a layered comment to make because it's like, oh. I notice you. As I, a exactly. Yeah. I notice you. Like I've like seen you before. Like you seem like a happy person. Like it seems like the day in day out of school and being like a quote unquote geek doesn't bother you. And like for someone like Vicky, like popularity is so, and looks are so important. And like, he's having 10 times more fun than she ever does in school, even if she's popular. Um, And I also like the fact that like they were kissing and she enjoyed it. Like they were making out for more than seven minutes. And I thought that it was like, yeah, like she goes like, don't ever tell anybody or like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I I really think that it was a, a win for Bill. And I think that it made Vicky seem less like an ice queen. And yeah, I'm all for it. I, I mean, like, I mean, of course, nothing's going to come out of this. But Bill will always be like, yeah, my first kiss was with like the most popular girl in school. And and it's a very memorable first kiss to have, you know, like I really enjoyed it, especially because it wasn't just like a popular girl takes pity on a nerd and kisses him. It wasn't charity. It was like we're having like a a connection. connection moment and I'm having fun with you and I'm going to do something that I normally wouldn't do, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And- I loved this. I thought that was so fun when like he's telling her the plot of a movie and she's laughing and she's like, oh, I've got to see that one. I don't know. It's just, it's sh- it didn't, like Bill is very endearing. And to see him connect with another character and get to prove of how like great of a character he is, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. And I love that it's kind of intercut with Cindy and Sam who are oh going boy. off to a separate bedroom and it's so obvious that she wants him to kiss her and he's yeah. so 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 nervous and he says like he even asks her which is very very cute and adorable and consent is king so we love Sam for that um 
and they do kiss and it's like a very sweet first kiss right but then she just like pushes him down on the bed and starts kissing him and i was like cindy ma'am cindy was a little hoe like number she turned off the lights she Mm -hmm. pushed him down she dominated him and i was like excuse me cindy cindy okay Mm -hmm. so this was um very very spicy and i mean like probably a lot a lot too much for sam for little sam who is yeah you know a shy boy but Cindy, like you said, knows what she wants and gets it. And she uh, obviously has a little bit more experience than Sam. And yeah, she... I think Todd is a senior probably. So she was dating a senior who you have to presume maybe has a little bit more experience as well. Mm. Um, but but yeah, and so they're making out too. And the only one left out in the cold is Neil. And I love when he tries to knock on the door to the closet. And he's like, Bill, your minutes were up like five minutes ago. Like, what are you doing in there? I'm bored. <laughs> Yeah, like sure, read the room and leave them alone. I know, but I don't even think like I don't know what Neil was thinking that they were doing, but like he still didn't believe Bill in the next episode that he um that Bill made out with Vicky, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that episode. I really liked it. I thought I really liked both storylines. Like I feel like they hit on major again. The thing that's great about the show is it it hits on both major moments in a in a teen tween's life of like their first kiss and spin the bottle their first like makeup party but it also hits on maybe more of the mundane kind of day-to-day moments and so i just i don't know i really liked this episode i i did too i thought that um it was it was fun and i i i liked it as well and i i always like it when they focus on like the other characters it wasn't a big Lindsay episode it was kind of a big sam episode but i mean we we really i mean because he finally got to be with cindy but i mean we really got to see like bill and vicky like so so unique so random and we get to see like nick and mr weir it was it was really satisfying to uh dig into these other characters yeah um So that was Smooching and Mooching. Let's take a quick ad break and we'll come back and talk about the little things. Okay. This is an episode that is like way heavier than Smooching. Yeah. So like the thing is, is that like, um, it like, you know, I think they're really going for something here. Um, mm-hmm. And I I am still a little bamboozled about, like, how I feel about everything. Um, because on one side of the coin, we have, like, the deflamation of Cindy. And, like, just let's tank her character to the ground. Yeah. Like, let's just drown her. And, like, tie a brick to her. Throw her across the um, – off the bridge. Let's just tank her. Um, which was weird. Um, and then on the uh, other weird, <laughs> very, very good, very, very good. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, like we we get to know Ken a little bit more, which is awesome because like I we we really don't get a lot of Seth Rogen in this show. Um, but then we Tuba Girl, Tuba Girl, whose name is Amy, and we'll call her Amy because like let's be respectful. Even though I do like calling her Tuba Girl. She's well, she's been in a episode. few episodes now. Yeah, so yeah, she yeah. deserves well, she a can, name. We find out, um, she reveals because her and Ken are getting closer that she was born as a intersex woman. And uh it felt like 
a really strange thing to put in um a show that i mean like they didn't necessarily know they were getting canceled but there's 18 episodes and this is the 17th episode and this is what we're doing here and i was just like mm, this is strange like it felt like this yeah. felt like like a weird episode no i agree with you yeah like the tanking of cindy i think is interesting and pretty funny because I do think there are like tiny morsels that you could possibly pick up on on like a rewatch oh, of like definitely you know I mean? like red definitely. flags. Well, remember but when like we see that she only eats like celery and carrots? Yes, I'm yes. Like, I'm like that's that's a little yeah. Weird. Her family like doesn't watch TV. Yeah, yeah like there like, is like nuggets where it's just like this girl like seems weird and boring and like I don't know, but like but. We really like dig deep and like there is like some like little problematic behavior from this young girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then the, to speak to the Amy of it all, I mean, it's so fascinating, right? Because on one hand, you kind of want to praise them for how it's handled in the show, right? Like how how Seth Rogen's character reacts and then like eventually by the end of the episode, like kind of all of that, right? That to me was like impressive for a show from the 90s that it takes place in 1980 on the other hand obviously uh -huh. some of the verbiage that is used around her as a character is like very outdated and like not great at all right like i mean oh, it could have been worse or she it certainly could, it have, could been have been worse, been worse. um it's just interesting because it's like i you know like obviously you and i have never experienced this sort of thing and I, it's like what's like the right thing to do in this situation and we'll talk about how ken handles it um but it's like it's delicate right it's like very very delicate and it, it's like if you're vulnerable enough to open up about this sort of thing to somebody that you care about and that you're intimate with mm -hmm. like it's like really it's a really de de delicate situation so we're gonna like handle it delicately because it is delicate um, mm -hmm. But it's, I just thought it was like very interesting. So how do you want to start? Do you want to continue with the, the Cindy of it all? Yeah. Let's talk through the Cindy stuff. It's, it's fascinating, right? Like I feel like the first red flag we get is literally the first scene of the episode where <laughs> she's eating dinner at the Weir household and Mr. Weir is talking about how like there is this like huge mega store coming in, like, you know corporate nonsense basically going to screw over his like mom and pop sports store and she's very supportive like she's like no if i were them i'd be scared like you're gonna do great yeah like i and i thought that she, it was like interesting to see her at a family dinner obviously um like it's a big deal to bring a girl home or a guy home um yeah. i guess like so we learn that vice president george H.W. Bush is uh, coming. And yes, coming to um, their school, which is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, we learned that Cindy is the, uh, the president of the Young Republicans Club. And now, um, I mean, like, I don't think it's a secret that you and I uh, lean left. So we're, I, I don't want to like insult anybody's beliefs, to be honest with you, but it was surprising a surprising revelation of Cindy's. It's interesting. What I would say is like, 
And and obviously we have it because it gets brought up at the dinner table, right? And Lindsay is very much of that, like she's like, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. Like, I believe. Yeah. And Mr. Weir is, of course, a Republican. Well, I, you know, like it's interesting. Like once again, it's interesting because like I wasn't expecting any of it, but then he was like, yeah, like you know, everybody's a Democrat until you get money. I'm like. Oh, this yeah. this dude's a fiscal Republican, you know, yes. like he cares yes. about the taxes, paying taxes, and he cares about money. Like, okay, this kind of tracks, and he owns a small business, which is like a whole he cares about taxes, essentially. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I was like, oh, okay, so like we're going here, like this is what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, to me. Okay, so what I got from Cindy, and again, this is these are the morsels that I'm saying you can follow, right? Like, okay, so her family, and this is not me broad brushing. I just want to point that out. I'm just saying, like, it, the things kind of add up where it's like her family's very strict. Her family doesn't own a TV. She's only allowed to eat like celery and carrots for snacks. Mm -hmm. And then you find out she's like a, a Republican and like president of the Republican Club, the Young Republicans Club. And she, to me, Every time she opened her mouth, whenever she was talking about um like politics, she was I parroting. could hear her parents' voices. That's what it you're right. Like, she's parroting. And that's honestly yes. that's how a lot of us get our political. Oh, a thousand percent. By yeah. what we learn from our parents, how we absorb with our parents. Like, you know, I think it's interesting how at 18 you can register if you are what party you are in. And I don't think like the average 18 year old now i think that there's plenty of 18 year olds especially in this generation uh turning 18 that do their own research when i was 18 years old i was like oh my dad and my mom are democrats i'm a democrat you know what i mean like you parrot yeah what your parents think. well because you're you're gonna hear what's happening in your household and most yeah. likely you're gonna like that's you know not every kid's gonna research and and figure out their own beliefs right i mean nowadays again it's very right. different now yeah. but it goes from that so that again those are like tiny morsels of like oh interesting okay she's in she's like head of the republican club okay fine whatever yeah. I mean, obviously I do Lindsay doesn't that, agree yeah but... i do think it's a, a big deal for her and i applaud her for getting the opportunity to introduce the vice president i think that no yeah. matter what party you're in what your beliefs are i do think that's a big honor so i do like I'm like good for you like that's like something to it's be a thing proud that, of it's a story you would tell for sure like later mm -hmm. in your life you know you would definitely tell that story but i think the the interesting thing is then we're at the lunch table right and oh, sam is sitting with the popular kids the popular kids he's but, not sitting is, with his normal crowd yeah, which is okay whatever he's sitting with his girlfriend but yeah. this it's like what is Todd doing there sitting with Cindy? Yeah. This is so interesting. And he gets a little nasty with Cindy and he's just like, well, stay out of it. No, no, no. This is what happened because Cindy was talking shit about another school's cheerleaders and was like, they're gross, yeah. they're dirty, they're ugly. And um Todd is a is a nice guy and he's like you shouldn't say that like you know mm -hmm. like they're fine and like not everybody on your team is gorgeous and then Cindy's like stop talking shit about me and yeah and he's like, like I'm not get over talking yourself. about you yeah and then, and then Cindy is like Sam why are you not defending me and Sam's and just sitting is, there yeah with his, like with his like two celery sticks and he's like he said that he wasn't talking about you Sam really is 
Sam is the most conflict averse character on the show. And so oh, yeah. he doesn't want any part of this. And I really love what Todd says here because Todd says, what are you doing? I like Sam. Stop trying to get Sam and me to fight. Yeah, you know, like I, I really she, like Sam. She wants like she wants like two guys to fight over her. That's exactly what she wants. And I oh, was yeah. like, Cindy, no, no, yeah, no. That was like that was another tick. Um, we get well, Sam, um, and th- then the very like next scene when him and Bill are playing mousetrap, he like we start to see a little bit of the like things mm-hmm. aren't going great in their relationship because yeah. he says she's kind of boring. She's kind of boring. <laughs> she doesn't like they don't share the same interests, and all she wants to do is make out. And Neil's like, oh, that seems like the dream. And he's and Sam's yeah. like, no, like I want to have like I want to talk to her. Like I want to. Um, go places and they're like I love that Bill says like aren't you supposed to take her on dates like I love Bill trying to actually like help Help. this problem you know unlike Neil who's like you're doing it wrong so stupid this is why I know Neil's gonna be a fucking douchebag just like his brother and his dad This is how I know. I'm still um, not over it. The defamation <laughs> of Barry. Uh, so yeah, so this inspires Sam to take out um, Cindy on a date, and he at first she's like, "Yeah, let's go on a date with like all of our friends. That sounds amazing. Let's go to Goofy Golf and go to the batting cages." And um, he's like, "No, like I kind of want to just like take you out on a surprise." And she's like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Like, you want to, like, treat me on, like, a little date? Like, that's mm-hmm. so, so good. So romantic. So, so romantic. nice. That's so yeah. romantic. So then he brings her to the movies to something that he really likes. And she, like, poo-poos it the whole time. And when she's she doesn't like it, the movie, she says it's, like, it's stupid. And stupid. she doesn't like the humor of it. Yes. And at the same time, Sam gets this, like, th- okay, this is cracked. We need to talk about this. What, the handouts? No, that's cracked. But, no, not that even yet. So Sam's mom, Mrs. Weir, is like, oh. hey, I know you've been dating Cindy for literally less than a week. I have this family heirloom I'd like you to give her. Are you fucking kidding me? First of all, you have a daughter who can wear jewelry. Second of all, like, it's fucked. They've been dating barely any time and you're going to give away a precious family heirloom? Well, okay, so so she says it's because it's, like, his first love. And, like, she thought that would be sweet. How would, how would he? literally a hot second well no he's liked her for like years i mean he's so young this is so silly to he's me. 14 he's a basically a young man um th- i mean honestly this was the fucking fuck like ugliest necklace of course it's ugly it's but you, you can't say that she basically says that she doesn't well, put it on yeah, so this is the best part so then like so they're at the movies and this is when it gets like really bad because the first thing we hear cindy say is so i told todd that republicans aren't selfish it's just that they don't believe poor people should get handouts and she's like and do you think that's that that's true yeah she's like they should get jobs handouts make them lazy don't you think and i love okay Sam is very conflict averse, right? So an anxious conflict averse person, it would be so easy for him to just be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But no, he says, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I guess so. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, um, I don't know. It was, she's just, just like, oh, Democrats love handouts. And the <laughs> thing is like, gosh, I can't get into a rant here because my brain would explode, but mm-hmm. like, 
Oh, it's so frustrating because like I said, like what she's saying literally sounds to me like something her parents said to her. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, why does she, why would a 15 year old girl care or like have a pa- an impassioned opinion about handouts, you know? Yeah, I just I really hate the term handouts. It's like so. It's like basically saying like, oh, oh, you're so pathetic that like here's this. I guess like you're so lazy that I know even if I give you this, you're never gonna get a job. It's just so frustrating. It's like yeah, oh, uh, like you're so privileged, Cindy. It's so mm-hmm. so so frustrating to hear her saying these things. And and her her I don't know I was just so annoyed with her as soon as I heard this I was like well there we yeah. go <laughs> well yeah I mean like they're like I said like I think that like you know most of Hollywood is very um, liberal so like this was obviously an intention thing to make her look um, not desirable and 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 of bad character or whatever yeah. so um, so. And yeah, she she doesn't take the necklace. And yeah, he says when he when he presents it to her, she says, "What is it, girl? It's a necklace. What do you mean? What is it? <laughs> she, like this is like a cursed object that I'm going to. It, it was stupid. Yeah. So then she's like, "I have a gift for you." Yeah, yeah. And I also I love. Do you want me to put it on for you? And she's like, "No, it's metal. It'll be cold on my neck." <laughs> fucking cindy uh so jess what do you think about cindy's gift to sam wait wait what the hell did she give him a hickey oh my oh i forgot about this i hate this (laughs) you hate hickeys um mostly i hate hickeys when they're like just so obvious like She's so she's like giving him a hickey in a movie theater, right? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I'm giving you something. And he's so young and he doesn't understand like what it she, is. He's like, ow, why? Yeah, why? And I really, to me, she could have just like pissed all over his lap. Like she's marking her territory. Yeah. Like that's what she's doing with this hickey. <laughs> I love hickeys. I hate hickeys. I, if someone ever, no, just it, like, in my opinion, if you're going to give someone a hickey, cool, yeah. whatever. But, like, yeah. do it in a place that is not as, like, no. obvious, uh-uh. you know? No. Ugh, no. Yeah. We were in New York. I was marked up. It was disgusting. So many. I, so many. I had a good time. Look like a leopard print on your neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, Jessica. Have Ugh. fun, for goodness sake. I can have fun in so many ways that don't in- involve having marks on my neck when I walk around as a 32-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and fuck you. <laughs> what was the I can't remember. Oh, hmm. go forth and fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go forth and uh, fuck you. Um, um, but I really liked this, like, because Sam is not, he doesn't like this, right? And he, like, he's trying to hide it. And, of course, it pisses Cindy off. Yeah, but I, oh, yeah. She, like, freaked out at him. She's like, how dare you? This is my gift. gift. It's like, how would you feel if I you gave me a diamond necklace and I didn't wear it because it was embarrassing? It's like, ma'am, bitch exactly what happened heirloom and she's like i don't want to wear your stupid family heirloom it's ugly but i really like when sam goes to Lindsay for like advice on this and he asks like oh how come i don't like her and she's like just because she's pretty doesn't mean that you're like you know she's cool cool. like you don't have to be together 
Um, And he's just like, I don't understand. Like, she's popular. Like, she's going out with me. What am I supposed to do? But yeah, I I think it's like the last straw when she insults the family necklace and yells at him about the turtleneck. And he's like, I have to break up with her. Yeah. And Neil's like, this is a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, I mean, like, that he already decided that he was going to break up with her. And then on top of that, that's what happened. And like, I mean, I kind of feel bad that the timing of it was like right before she was going to go on stage. Like, yeah, it didn't have to be that way, but she was just being such a she see you next it. Tuesday that yeah. like he had to do it then and there. And, and the way they interweave these stories, storylines, I like so lot. great with like yeah. when Sam runs into, um, Ken. Seth Rogen, Ken, thank you, in the bathroom, and they have a discussion about like the difference in their relationship, right? Like, because Ken can't believe that he's about to break up with Cindy, and he's just like, we just don't like each other. Like, I just don't like her. She's really, she's really different than I am. Like, we're just, mm-hmm. we're not she compatible. Laugh at the same things as me. Like, she doesn't have the same mm-hmm. interests. And Ken's like, well, I mean, like that's not my issue. Like, she loves all the things I love, and like we have a great time together. Yeah, and that kind of makes him come to the realization that like what I'm like what I'm fussed about is stupid and like why why should I be fussed about it? Right. Um so yeah, so he breaks up with Cindy and she she introdu- she's really upset. She's like cannot believe it. Well, she says something like I only went out with you because you were supposed to be the nice guy. Well, maybe you should have been the nice girl and then you could have been compatible, Cindy. Stop being a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> take your carrots and fuck off no seriously and so she goes up and like i did feel a little bad for her she has to like uh announce the president or the vice president coming in and she just starts like crying and runs off stage and it's kind of sad um yeah so that, that's the storyline the end of sam and cindy as we know it i mean i'm really happy like i uh, that they're over i i do think that it's like very interesting to see the crush develop into a relationship develop into a breakup like i think that we see like the full circle and, and i love it because they're just not compatible obviously they really tanked cindy as a character but even before that sam was like we just she's boring <laughs> i mean you she's know? boring like yeah like they don't have the things in common like they don't they they don't i yeah like they don't have the same sense of humor and they don't play the same sort of games and they don't have the same interests. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, they, she seemed like a really nice girl. She was very pretty and they just were not compatible at the end of the day. Yeah. So let's talk about the Ken storyline. Him and Amy are getting closer and closer. She's like really excited because, well, she, I don't know if she's, she has to play. No, the, she's um, nervous. The tuba. Yeah, she, she has to play. What is the hail do, to the chief She's like terrified about it. Yeah. Um, And he like, again, I really love, like Amy seems like she's like fully ingratiated into the friend group now, which I really love because we're like balancing out the gender ratio we have going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. They're just like, I just find them very cute. Like, yeah, Amy they're vibing together. I mean, Ken really, really likes her. And Amy likes him, and they seem to be very getting very close and very intimate. And we see this scene where Ken is talking a little bit about his family because she, Amy is like, Why don't we ever go to your house? And Ken mm-hmm. 
explains that he doesn't like being at his house. Um, he's not very close with his parents. Uh, and we, we basically what we learn is that Ken's parents are workaholics. They make a lot of money and they were pretty like negligent uh with their child like they didn't yeah, he was raised by a nanny is what he, he was said. yeah like they he was raised by a nanny and they didn't really like put a lot of interest in him they just were focused on their jobs essentially yeah he calls his nanny the best uh mommy money can buy yeah which again like if you if you have a nanny in your life like this is no like shade to that situation but like he felt like his parents weren't involved enough in his life right. and th- again i really love that every single character has their own different familial situation where it's like, yes, my parents have money, but they mm-hmm. weren't necessarily very loving. Well, you know, I mean, that's a great point because like at this point, we have gotten a family background from every um, geek to tertiary character to tertiary tertiary tertiary. You know, I tried. No, yeah, you're right though. We have and every freak. Yeah, because Bill's mom, Bill's mom is Bill's the mom, coach or whatever. Pro- yeah, we got Neil's, Neil's dad. And then on the other side, we know Kim Kelly's family mm-hmm. issues. We know Daniel and his family issues yep. a little bit. Like, it's a little, like, cloudy, but a we little, know. A yeah, little unsure of what's going on, but we have a, a little bit of an mm-hmm. idea. We definitely know Nick's situation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, we, we learned Ken's now, and now officially, like, all the main players, like, we saw their family life. And, and that's very impressive for a show that has only ha- that only has one season. And, like, in 17 episodes, we know that much about each yeah. character. Yeah, very, very, very well done. And I'm a credit happy. to the cast, obviously, as well, yeah. that, like, they're able to carry these storylines. Yeah, as well as um, Mr. Weir and Mrs. Weir, we both get a little bit about their background or, like, what they're going through right now. Yeah. So, um, very well done. So, um, Ken opens up to Amy and then Amy takes the opportunity to be honest with him and explains that when she was born, she was born with both male and female parts and uh, their, her parents decided that she will be a woman, a female and which Mm -hmm. was good because that's how she feels on the inside as well. Um, And this is something that like is probably, I mean, like, honestly, it's such a vulnerable thing to talk about and i do think that it was the right timing right because like you have to feel comfortable enough with your partner to open up about something like that yeah it's not a visible thing right now so it's not like she has to i just feel like she felt like it was something that she's carried with mm-hmm. her her life and she wanted to share it with a person mm-hmm. she really trusts mm-hmm. and is getting to really you know really like and so yeah. she felt like i should share this with him and i, I do think, think yeah that ken handled it really well in the moment i do too i think that like obviously it's shocking news to him and it's not anything he was ever expecting her to say and he says well you're like a girl now right and she says well yeah and he's like okay that's okay that's fine yeah. uh, and he says if i was dating you when you were just born uh, and i'm like yeah, no, what are we doing here was like, um, yeah it's a baby but, but he does make her laugh right like he's trying to like laugh it off and like chuckle about it and he's like okay but like obviously this is a teenage boy like he is going it it gets in his head it like it sinks in 
yeah. that he's like, what does this mean about my sexuality? What does this mean about me? Right? Mm-hmm. Like he, of course, is looking at it from his perspective of like, what is it going to say about me? And he, you know, you got to admit, like, it's tough on him because the only person and she's like, you can't tell anybody, right? Like, this is a secret, blah, blah, blah. He can't. Who's he supposed to talk to this about this with besides her who he can't because if he yeah. expresses the doubts to her, he comes off like an a-hole. You so know what I mean? I, exactly. So, like, I don't, like, fault him for going to um, Nick and Daniel and being like, look, like, I'm because he talks to them and he's like, I kind of feel like I need to break up with her because I think that, I mean it's not great but he's just like they're having like a really awkward time together like he's processing he's like struggling internally himself about how he feels about it she's starting to feel like fuck like why did i even tell you yeah because he's like blowing her off and like she knows something is up like he's acting weird but he's denying it and she's just like i know you're acting weird like you've been acting weird since i told you like i should have never said anything you're not fine with it Mm -hmm. you're acting totally strange and he's saying yes because like he he does love her but he doesn't like he's just like not able he's trying to process essentially so mm-hmm. he and the way to process for a lot of people is talking to your friends so like i don't necessarily like you know fault him for opening up to daniel and nick the issue is that daniel and nick are also fucking teenage boys exactly right and so, he's like oh don't say anything and it's like you're saying that that to two teenage boys and you're telling them something that is like you know but who not else juicy, is he going like, to tell like yeah it's not like he has a therapist like any the guidance he tries to open up to the guidance counselor but like yeah. that doesn't go off well like you know like it's not like he's going to go and tell like Lindsay or kim because he's not that close to them yeah so yeah, it's like, a, he's in a really tough spot, and he, he's of not course, close he to trusts, his parents. Yeah, and he trusts Nick and Daniel, of course. And and Nick, to, again, to his credit, is like, oh, then she's a girl now, though, right? So, like, who cares? Yeah. So maybe the answer is, like, you know that Nick is going to give – have a gentler approach than Daniel. Definitely. So maybe you just go to Nick. But, like, I think that – I think that Ken is closer to Daniel than he is to Nick. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. And then, but like, again, credit to Ken, because then he goes to the guidance counselor. Like he does try to like talk to someone and he like, again, he is really struggling with his sexuality because he's wondering if I like Amy, what does that say about me? Right? Like, does that mean mm-hmm. I'm anything other than straight? And of course that makes him uncomfortable you know again he's a teenager he's figuring out his sexuality before all of this happened Mm -hmm. and then this happens so it's it's really interesting right and he's really really struggling with it he doesn't really know what to do um he's like listening to music right he's like listening to heavy metal i love watching him like headbang to heavy metal i don't know why it just makes me so happy to see seth rogan banging his head to heavy metal um but yeah and so they it's it's so sad like i hate this but basically, she finds out that he told his friends. Well, yeah, because like, I mean, and when I don't think that I really don't think that Daniel meant it. Um, no, way. I think that it's just like he was just like, like, like everybody does, especially, you know, on the East Coast, 
even though these guys are Midwestern, like, you know, like we don't say y'all, like we grew up all saying you guys, like, hey, and you it's guys. a really hard habit to break. I've, tr- I'm trying to and actively like, break that habit. It's also, really I've hard. Heard, I've also heard people say that it, they don't have an issue with it because it's just a, a form of um, expression. Yeah. So I, it's just I, one of those things where I try to instead be like every, say, hey, everyone, instead of, hey, guys, just because mm-hmm. it's, if it makes even one person uncomfortable, it's not something that, I want to be making people uncomfortable, you know? Sure. So if it's something I can actively work on to try and break myself of that habit without having to revert to y'all when I'm not Southern at all and honestly can't, mm. I just can't bring myself to say y'all. I know. So yeah, that's what Daniel says. And I, uh, like, because Ken's already, like, really sensitive and all the emotions are, like, heightened, he gets defensive and starts a, con- a, 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 a like, a, a fight with Daniel and then, yes, and then Amy's, like, puts two and two together. And Kim mm-hmm. and Lindsay are, like, left out in the dark. They're, like, what the fuck just happened? Like, why are the boys fighting? Like, we don't yeah. know. Um, so we fast forward a little bit to, um, you know, Amy and Ken are on the outs. And she kind of turns around when she finds out from Lindsay that it wasn't like Ken was going around and telling everybody because Lindsay's super in the dark. Um, she, because Lindsay doesn't know, and that makes Amy feel better because maybe she is like, okay, like he needed to tell somebody. He's not like spreading yeah. it around the entire school. And I think at the same time, Ken has that conversation with Sam and realizes like it really doesn't matter because no. at the end of the day, he loves Tuba Girl. Yeah, he loves Amy, and I. Okay, credit to Ken when when he goes down the hallway, right? They're all kind of walking in their little band like formation to go out and do hail the chief or whatever. And he's trying to find Amy and he finds her. He's I love that he keeps it so short and to the point, but he hits on the beats he needs to hits on, right? He says, one, I don't care. And two, I'm so sorry. And like, mm-hmm. like, I know it seems very simple and like silly. But sometimes mm-hmm. people struggle to apologize. Like accountability people, is yes, they um, make excuses yeah. or I'm sorry, but I did this, or I'm sorry you felt that way. Or, or blah blah defensive. blah. There's qualifiers. Yeah. Like I love that he didn't do qualifiers. He's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't care. And I'm so sorry. And she thinks about it for a second. She smiles and they hug and he hits his head on her tuba. And I, they have an awkward little tuba hug and they kiss. And I was so freaking pleased as punch i love this because amy is adorable and i'm i'm happy that ken like realized he's being an idiot with enough time to like not being an idiot but you know what i mean i think that i think that he was justified in the processing like i think that like teenager of course Yeah. yeah i think that like he i think that like whenever you open up to somebody about something that like maybe you're not that proud of like you have to uh, you know allow the other person to process the information that you're telling them and it's hard because like obviously like as the person that you're sharing your secret with you're like please don't think of me differently like please don't not like me anymore like please be understanding like i want you know instant gratification with affirmation that nothing has changed but yeah. then you also have to take into consideration like the other person is a human with emotions and thoughts as well and needs the processing time yeah and i think that ken did a very good job in the moment and then maybe in the perfect in a perfect universe he would have taken like 
a few days of a beat to process without having interactions with Amy to make her feel like reject like she's being rejected like in an ideal world but um I think that Ken had an appropriate amount of time processing his emotions yeah and I I love that this was also again like something I want to praise this show for is just the resolution of storylines within the same episode oh yeah this didn't end up being like a two three episode arc all about this you know it was very like because that's what shows do now it's like they take forever with certain storylines they'll drag them out for the drama and I was happy we didn't get that here. I really liked that we had like a little bit of strife caused by a very understandable situation. And then it's wrapped up and they're back together and happy again by the end of the episode. Um, yeah, we don't have time to fuck around. We have one episode left. No, exactly. Um, but we do have one storyline left in this episode, which is Lindsay uh, being responsible to ask the first question during the meet and greet with the vice president. So Mr. Rosso chooses her because she's like responsible and he really is like kind of obsessed with her. Um and so like she, Feeney, but somehow seriously. like Feeney, but somehow even creepier. Yeah, it's too much. Um, but and but she, of course, is like, oh well, I have to think of a good question. And her and Kim, and again, this is a show from 1980. I think nowadays, if you had like two teens who uh, or like maybe like Kim, right, as a prime example of like a teen that doesn't really care, would she be as well versed in political stuff? Probably not. But I love that this show was like had them bouncing off of each other of like what question she should ask. And the problem is the question she comes up with, which is like a difficult question because it's not she's not given a softball, gets rejected. And instead, she's told like, oh, you have to ask about like his favorite restaurant. Meanwhile, she's also getting tugged in another direction when her dad wants her to wear like a t-shirt for his store uh, and her parents are going to be at the assembly and everything. And I really loved, we have a, a cameo by Ben Stiller in this oh, episode, yeah. which is crazy <laughs> as like so funny. security, right? And Mr. Rosso basically gets detained because he looks like a hippie. Uh, and so he is not allowed. Well, it, it's because they, I think they did a background check and saw that he was, um, like, that he, like, picketed. He used to be in, like, some kind of college, like, club or something that was, like, anarchist. Right. And so he gets detained and Lindsay is, like, very, very upset by this because he's not even allowed to be in there when she asks the question. And... I love that instead of asking this like softball of a question that in front of her parents and everything, right? Like in front of the vice president, in front of the whole school, in front of her parents, instead of asking the question that she's supposed to ask, she asks, hey, why wasn't I allowed to ask you my original question? <laughs> why are you so afraid of me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, why did your people not let me ask? And also my dad owns the uh, sports store. Yeah. And it was so funny. And of course they have Ben Stiller on the show, so they have to give him more to do. So he has like a heart to heart with Mr. Rosso and like takes a career aptitude test mm -hmm. to see what he's supposed to be doing. Why not? Why Ridiculous. not? Yeah. Ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, this episode was obviously less fun and like, you know, whatever. Like I ultimately like where we ended up with Ken and Amy and I thought the mm -hmm. show handled it like, again, pretty well considering when the show was created. Yeah, um, I just isn't always perfect, but yeah. you know, I thought it was thought provoking. Was. But I think that maybe the combination of the Cindy storyline of like everything that I thought I knew about Cindy was not it, and the Amy Ken storyline. I think that like the combination in one episode 
left me feeling like like what are we doing here and like what's happening mm-hmm. um i just think that it was like maybe too much for the same episode like if they split it up maybe i would have felt differently like i need some fluff somewhere you know exactly yeah i just i prefer the lighter like the mostly light with a tinge of realism versus yeah. like mostly realism with a tinge of fun sure yeah um but we did get some feedback from caroline um about on earlier in the season yes yes uh so about smooching and mooching she said this is a personal favorite episode of mine the entire geek storyline warms my cold dead heart i feel like the writers Mm -hmm. knew the show was ending and decided to have sam's dreams with cindy come true the kiss in the hallway is so sweet but my favorite part is the look on sam's face when cindy turns the lights off when her and sam are in the bedroom truly 10 out of 10 face acting from john francis daly yes exactly (laughs) uh neil is being classic neil it's so sad but he also deserves the shit end of the stick with the way he talks about women i know sarah was saying she thinks his brother takes after his dad but honestly i think it's more neil who tries Hmm. to manipulate spin the bottle only creeps um i i mean yes no i definitely think that neil takes after his dad like i am going i am disgusted by the man that neil is going to become the only time i like we need another real neil redemption story i think because the only time i felt bad for him was when he finds out his like dad's cheating and he's riding around with like garage clicker (laughs) Um, so we need another redemption tour for Neil. i guess no 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 we also liked it when he was consoling Lindsay when Lindsay. (gasps) We, that was upset. early on that's true that, that's true we did about the party and like was you know called the cops for her yeah yeah uh and then she says um the the vicky bill makeout scene is one of my favorite scenes of the entire show i love how bill talks about his fears of making out with a girl but ends up kissing vicky she still totally sucks but i love the way he charms her funny guys are the best uh, and she said, for the freaks plot line, I only have one thing to say. Nick's zebra striped underwear. It's burned <gasps> we didn't in my talk brain. about that. We didn't, yeah. But it was like, it was like a Speedo style, like well, underwear, right? I feel like freaks. he was wearing a woman's thong. It looked like a woman's thong. What was he doing? Where did he get that underwear I from? I bet you he thinks it's like, oh, the, all the best drummers, like, wear. You know what it reminds me of? Rocker underwear. Sims 1 underwear. <laughs> Yes, yes, they're so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I put that on my Sims. Oh, do you know what I always put my people in? I always put them in heart boxers. Oh, yeah, the heart boxers. Them. I love yeah. the heart boxers. Yeah, no, that was definitely some Sims underwear. If I, ever I don't understand boxers as a thing, to be honest. What do you mean? Just so I don't have those parts, but I just don't understand what the purpose of them even is at that point because they're not holding anything. They're more it's, comfortable, my love. They're more com- You're just free balling it, pretty much. It's more comfortable. You aren't restricted. Uh, I'd rather be a little restricted. <laughs> you don't have the same. You don't know. We like to be cuffed like a little delicate flower. I also just can't imagine just having bits flowing around down there, but that's a whole other story. This is, this is so (laughs) off the wall. I can't. Um, (laughs) uh, So Caroline also continues with the little things. Uh, She says, I've always had mixed feelings towards this episode. The Ken tuba girl plot is interesting. I don't think the writers fully got everything right with gender when we look at it from a 2023 perspective, but considering when it came out, the message you walk away with isn't a bad one. And I totally agree. Like, I I think that 
it's hard to get it right, you know, 30 years prior to the progress that we've had, you know. Um, and then she continues, I'm not sure if you guys are that 70s show fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've seen a little bit of it, but not a ton. I saw all of it, except I think like the last season or two, like once okay. the, like some of the mains left, I stopped watching it. I have uh, in my extensive DVD collection, I have <laughs> a lot of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, uh, Bush coming to town is so similar to a plot from the first season of that show that would have come out around the same time as this episode. Basically, mm. President Gerald Ford comes to town and Red uh, gets to ask him a question mm. yes. and then gets really mad when the question is chosen for him. So he yes. ends up asking yes, yes. his own question anyway. Um, uh, it's literally the same as Lindy's, Lindsay's plot to a T. Uh, which is that's really funny yeah yes i do i do remember i do remember that episode um yeah. uh i guess maybe people just made the rounds yeah, they were the like day. let's have presidents come to school wow uh and she says cindy sanders always kind of sucked so her turning out to be a boring republican totally tracks and i love that sam comes to his senses about her uh i'll leave you with the best quote of the episode courtesy of harris uh, laughter is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Get a woman laughing, and you've got a woman loving. <laughs> I, you know what? I have Four to words say have never been spoken. That is absolutely true. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I love to talk about my love, but I, I think like I, I, I fell in love with the person that makes me laugh the hardest. Yeah, I mean, truly, you need humor. At least, in my opinion, you need humor in a relationship because sometimes life is like really hard, and if you can't find someone who makes you laugh even in those like really tough moments you're gonna have a really hard time getting through parts of life i i now laugh like all day every day i am like having like the best time of my life you're gonna get smile lines does that hurt no (laughs) well i mean that's like honestly like adam and i've talked a lot about that and like i'm have you you've talked about Mm -hmm. smile lines oh yeah because i'm like terrified of wrinkles so I was like, oh, I want to get Botox. And then he goes, always goes like, no Botox, no Botox. I want you to have the smile lines. It's Smile lines are just like proof that you've had a like happy life, in my opinion. Like I'd rather have smile lines than like a furrowed brow line, you know? Look, I am very gifted. I don't have a lot of wrinkles as far as yeah. I know um and i know i do the i i always do the thing where i like raise my eyebrows i have a very small forehead and i had Mm. no lines in it for the longest time and now i have like a single one and it's like oh bitch you get in there yeah i mean go to go get botox nah i'm I'm just gonna be a wrinkly old bitch i don't mind Uh, Um, i kind of want botox (laughs) anyway those are our two episodes uh we only have one episode left can you believe it I I can't. I mean, this was like a fun little project for us. I really enjoyed it. I would, um, I would totally be down to do another like once oh, show that only had one season. The people are asking. They're we asking are, what we're doing. They yeah they they're like they they I think they're craving more. They're craving? They want send us suggestions more. if you have well, they suggestions. Do. They want oh. they want um, my so called life. We've talked about that one. Okay. Um. They want that. I mean, like some people have thought about undeclared. Uh, what else have people asked for? Um, I'm trying to think of other '90s shows that only had. Uh, yeah, 
like the people the people are definitely the they're they're asking well it's possible we're always open to it so if, if we you know we find the time and time's right and we want to do another one season of a show it's possible we do it i like this format too i thought like doing a where we're not talking necessarily like beat for beat every single mm -hmm. moment of an episode and we're able to crunch two episodes into a podcast to not make it so we're not covering it over like six months mm -hmm. i think was a nice little treat as well that it was it, um it, it but it was we have one more episode would you like to hear the title uh yes discos and dragons wow okay so we're gonna be talking about dungeons and dragons i suppose a little bit i guess that's what the geeks are doing yeah and ever maybe the freaks are going to a disco i don't know they don't really seem like disco doesn't people. seem like a tracks um, but sure but we're gonna have one more guest as well um mm -hmm. so our friend melissa will be on chatting with us about the finale fabulous so very excited for that um, so that's what we're going to be doing. And of course, if you miss the news, we're covering Felicity. Uh, so yes. that's really exciting. I'm really pumped. Like I've been rewatching the episode and I cannot wait to talk about oh, it. Oh, I haven't done it yet. I'm probably going to do it maybe today. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We have a lot going on. So like as we just um, did a little bit of a Matthew Perry tribute, mm -hmm. uh, we covered Fool's Rut fools rush in uh which was a fun little fun little movie to cover and then mm. we are covering edward scissorhands and that's coming out next week a little bit after i think a little bit after thanksgiving is what we landed on yeah and then in yeah november november next month obviously we're going to do some holiday movies christmas movies um and yeah felicity starting so tons of stuff coming up on shit 90 shows taught me i know that uh both you and i guested on one indescribable podcast covering girls yes. five eva which has uh busy phillips in it and yeah definitely and fun little crossover so go check that out mm-hmm so um that was a really fun experience uh, i did it last week and you did it this week so we are kind of we were butt to butt you know as we like to be <laughs> <laughs> um and then i mean like that's all all i have going on really but i know jessica you have oodles and oodles of projects over at our friends of a uh, psr yeah, go check out Pusher Recaps. I'm doing full spoiler recaps with Grace Leader. We just covered Upload Season 3. And next on our list is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which is interesting because I've never seen any Scott Pilgrim stuff. Uh, so that should be pretty fun. And then I'm also guesting on <laughs> a little Grey's Anatomy podcast over on what? Pusher Recaps, which I'm really excited about uh, with Ariel and Chappelle. So it oh. should be a lot of fun drafting doctors. Ooh. I love a draft and I love shit talking Grey's Anatomy. So I really can't wait to go on that podcast. It's going to be so much fun. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's what you could find me. That's what I'm up to uh, at the Just Sterling on Twitter. Sarah's at Sarah Ferguson. We're at Shit90sPod on Twitter and Instagram. And you go to Shit90sPod.com. If you want to send us feedback, we love, love, love getting feedback. Shit90spot at gmail.com. Don't forget, we're starting Felicity soon, so make sure you get your feedback in uh, if you want it to be heard on the podcast. Um, and we're doing one episode a week of Felicity in case you're new here and you you don't really know our usual format. Uh, so those podcasts will drop on Mondays. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that is everything. So until next week, have a good one, everybody. Bye. Just ask.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.